Thank you so much, Karen and worship team and Calvin. Thank you. Good morning. So this morning, we are talking about uh, a ministry of the Holy Spirit, which is uh, gifts, an anointing for ministry. And I found an article about an unopened gift. In fact, uh, this was an article last year, 2017. We have a picture of this unopened gift. I guess the story goes, it was uh, from a Canadian man named Adrian Pierce, and uh, his girlfriend, his high school girlfriend, broke up with him and gave him this gift. And as he was walking home, sad and, and depressed, and he got home. It was Christmas time. She gave it to him for Christmas time, and he put it under the tree, and he told his family, true story, I, I'm never going to open this gift. And so as uh, each Christmas would come around, that he would put this unopened gift back under the tree every year. That was 47 years ago. Even though he got married and had kids, he kept putting this gift under the tree until just recently his wife said, all right, no more. Can you imagine the awkward moment that that would have created as she put that? So he was interviewed for this article and I don't think he anticipated what the writer was gonna title this article. He's a female writer, and look at the, the title of the article. Wife stays with moron who puts unopened gift from X under the tree for 47 years. <laughs> he might have experienced a disappointment as he opened the paper there. That's the real story. She hasn't divorced him yet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think this does relate uh, a little bit to um, what I think is a great sadness and a miss to the church today that I believe that God gives us incredible amounts of gifts, gifts of grace, of blessing, of service, spiritual gifts, and yet for many of us, they are left unopened. I really don't want to get a, uh, get to heaven and say, what a moron. <laughs> In fact, there's a fable of, of, a, of a, a man who goes to heaven and he's being given a tour of heaven. And he's seeing all the beautiful uh, mansions and all the, the, the gifts of promise for eternal life that he directed and he's going through and then they come to this big building and, and they see this building and he wants to go in but his guide says no 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 let's pass that I don't think you'll no 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 I want to go finally he convinces guide to go in the building and he sees all these beautifully wrapped gifts and it has his name on it and he says what's the deal he said well those are all the gifts that God had for you on earth, and yet you never open them. I believe that is characteristic of a lot of the church, is that God is wanting to gift us for ministry. He wants to give us, you could call them graces, whether it's moments of his love and mercy that in this particular time, he wants us to unwrap, and yet we miss that. 
whether it's times of spiritual gifts, and that's what we're going to be talking about this morning, that he's given each one of us spiritual gifts, and yet we've never sought or discovered or yearned or earnestly desired all the gifts, the fullness, the more, which is the title of this series. We've never longed for the more and all that God has for us. And he's placing those gifts before us. The question is not, does God gift us? The question is, will we have the faith and the willingness and the desire to open them and then use them for his glory, for his honor, for his praise, for his kingdom? That's the question. Would you pray with me as we open the word of God? Lord, we do, I want to say this morning on behalf of this congregation, Lord, we, ha- we, we have a, a longing for all that you have for us. Lord, for the more, for the fullness, or the way in which that you want to pour out yourself in our lives. Lord, we come with open hands and open hearts and open minds to receive all that you have for us this morning. Amen. Talking about spiritual gifts, you'd think that we would be turning to the New Testament when in fact we're not. We are going to turn to the Old Testament, an ancient story from Exodus chapter 35. So at the very beginning, if you've brought your Bibles, great, there are some Bibles located in the seats in front of you, and we're going to be reading this ancient story, and it was a time when the people of Israel, um, God had freed them from slavery in Egypt, and they were in the desert, and um, the way that he was present among his people at this time was a structure that was called the tent of meetings. That's where Moses would go and he would meet with the Lord and the people would celebrate that. Well, they were going to build a better structure. God was inviting them to build more of a tabernacle and a sanctuary. And he's giving them instructions of how to construct this sanctuary, this uh, um uh, uh, tabernacle, if you will. And so he picks up the, we pick up the story in Exodus chapter 35. Did you find it yet? And we're going to start in verse 30. And he says, this is Moses in the desert re- regarding the sanctuary. Then Moses said to the Israelites, see the Lord has chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, And he has filled him with the Spirit of God. Yes, we are in the Old Testament. He has filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skill. To make artistic designs for the work in gold and silver and bronze. To cut and set stones. To work in wood and to engage in all kinds of artistic crafts. And he has given both him and Ahuliab, son of Ahismach. I can practice that a hundred times and I still lose it when I'm in front of you. Of the tribe of Dan and the ability to teach others. Let me read that. Again, and the ability to teach others. 
He has filled them with skill to do all kinds of work as engravers, designers, embroiderers in, in blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, and weavers, all of them skilled workers and designers. So Bezalel and Aholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord has given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary are to do the work just as the Lord has commanded. Did you see all those gifts there? Did you recognize? In the beginning, he is talking about given wisdom and understanding and knowledge, all of those are gifts of the Spirit given, granted, we see, recognized in um, the, the New Testament and in the Old Testament. And he's giving them skill. And, and not just uh, Bezalel or Aholia, but a number of folks he's granting these gifts to. That this seems to be part of how God wants to work in us. Now, there's a few words that really caught me from this little story. Some of you were here last week, and I asked you to repeat this word to one another. Does anyone remember what that word was? Filled. Nice, Lisa. Free cup of coffee for Lisa. Yes. Filled. Did you notice that word here? Isn't that cool? That just in the New Testament, at Pentecost, this was part of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that God had promised and wanted to grant. And yet we see this foreshadowed. We see that this is the way God is working in us. He wants to fill us with his presence, with his power, and with his gifts, different kind of gifts. God is a God who fills and gifts us for his purpose. That same word. But I'm going to add to the word. I'm going to ask you to look at your neighbor and say, instead of just a single word, would you use a phrase? Because it's really important. We see that God doesn't just fill them to, as Marilyn Henney likes to say, sit on the couch and eat bonbons. No, what does he like to do? He likes to fill them, not just so that you become a cesspool of God's presence and power. No, that's not it. What does he fill? He wants to spill you out. Oh, there's the phrase. Look at your neighbor and say, filled to spill. Filled to spill. He wants to fill, he wants to pour you over, he wants to spill you out to do his work, use his gifts, his presence and power. Just as, think back to Pentecost, we said the promise was that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on everybody. And when he pours out, again, not a cesspool of his presence and power, but he wants us to be spilled out. He wants us to use the gifts whether it's wisdom, whether it's knowledge, whether it's skill, whether it's creative arts, whatever that is, he wants us, we are filled to be spilled out. He pours out on us so that we might be poured out on others. Amen? Amen. Yes, that's the role of the gifts. Jesus is, of course, this beautiful model in all the ministries of the Holy Spirit. And there's a moment in Jesus' Um, ministry where he is walking through the crowd and they're crowding around him, they're pushing against him and Jesus stops and he goes, someone touch me. 
And bold Peter was like, um, Jesus, like there's a bunch of people touching you. So, right? And listen to what Jesus says. See, there was a, a woman who was bleeding, we're told, for 12 years. And she had used all her money to try and be healed and restored and nothing was happened. And, and we're told the other part of the story that, that we didn't see yet is that she had the faith that if she could just touch this Jesus of Nazareth, if she could just, she didn't even have to touch his shoulder or anything, just the, the very hem of his garment. If she could just reach out and touch him, she had the faith, she had the belief that that was enough. And so apparently as Jesus was wading through the crowd, she, she got in, she whittled in, and she touched just the very hem of his garment. And listen to what Jesus says. He says this, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Another way to say that is Jesus could have said, I, I knew some spillage happened. You like the word spillage? Filled for spillage? It doesn't quite work as well. But, but you, you get the idea that Jesus in his ministry, he would spend the time with the Father, that intimacy, and he would invite a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Because remember, he was the God-man who lived as a man filled by the Spirit. Did you hear that? He was the God-man who lived as a man filled by the Spirit. And so Jesus would be filled up and then in his ministry as he proclaimed there was spillage that would happen, the kingdom of God. As he touched people and laid hands on them, there was spillage that would happen uh, to the people of God. As he was walking and someone just touched the hem of his garment, there was spillage that would take place because Jesus was the man operating in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. This is how God wants to work in your life as well as mine. An easy response to that is, well, he was Jesus, right? He was Jesus. So, yeah, I, I'm not Jesus. Was Bezalel Jesus? He wasn't Jesus. As far as we know, he was just an ordinary guy. We don't really know that much, right? Was, let me get his, Aholiab. Was he Jesus? No, he was probably made fun of when he was a kid because of his name. No, I don't know that. He was, just an, he was just an ordinary guy. And yet, what's the dynamic that we see happening here? They were filled and they were spilled out. They were gifted and they used their gift. They were anointed. Now, sometimes I think spiritual gifts are something brand new and we discover that and God grants that and gives that and we're meant to use that. Sometimes he takes our innate ability, 
which is what I think is happening here, Bezalel, we, we have some ability, even a profession that we have, and what he does, he takes it from just a natural talent, and he brings his anointing, his presence and power, and he makes it a spiritual gift. And people go, wow. Sometimes when I hear worship leaders like Beth, right, and others, I should say, Brittany, Karen, others, that they're singing and there's this anointing that happens there. And I think it goes from a natural talent to a spiritual gift. And that they're being filled up and they're being poured out. You see that? Now, we can talk about all the, the, the details to this, but here's the point that I'm trying to make is that it's not just about Jesus modeling so that we would go, Jesus is awesome. That's good. We should go, Jesus is awesome. But we should also go, is that for me? Is that how he wants to work in me? It's interesting when Paul was talking about the gifts of the Spirit, he says, now to each one. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. That's why we like the phrase, everybody gets to play. Look at your neighbor and say, everybody gets to play. This is for you. You get to play. The question is, are you playing? Are you playing? Are you being spilled out? Are you serving? It doesn't matter what age you are, what, what culture, rich or poor, young or old, it doesn't matter. Paul says, now each one, the spirit of God, you can't tell me that, well, I don't, I don't have any a gifts. No, it says each one, the spirit of the living God wants to give you at least one, according to Paul, I believe many gifts. The only question is, are you using those gifts? Are you allowing those to be spilled out? I have a great story for you. So this story happened a couple of weeks ago, and we were in our Days of the Kingdom course, and uh, we were talking about spiritual gifts in particular, and I'm asking them, are you earnestly desiring, 1 Corinthians 14.1, are you earnestly desiring the gifts of the Spirit? And then this, I, I promise not to share her name, but she's um, an older woman, and she just meekly raises her hand. And she says, um... This is a safe place, right? You won't make fun of me. And I said, well, it depends on what it is. I reserve the right. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I didn't say that. I said, of course, community, uh, safe place and share. And she said, well, um, I have never really believed in this spiritual gift thing. I always have thought of that they were kind of, I'm not gonna share the word that she used afterwards, but we'll just go with malarkey, okay? So malarkey, just thinking the, this, I thought the spiritual gifts were mal mal malarkey and a couple weeks ago, 
in the worship service, she was just singing. And a, a different tongue came out of her. Just, and we unpack that. Why did God or the Spirit give this saint at this time, in this moment, this gift? I have no idea. I don't know. It's the Spirit of God. And he wanted at this moment in this dear saint's life to give this, this prayer language to her. And so immediately she grabbed a chandelier and started swinging back and forth. No, she didn't do that. She just started praying. She just started using the gift. And, and that particular gift, the gift of tongues, was so weird and people attach all sorts of different things. And really, do you know that the gift of tongues without interpretation is simply meant to edify and encourage and bless the person who's praying? Isn't that awesome that we have a God that would just want to give a gift to encourage and bless and strengthen us in our faith? To, to comfort us and edify us, and encourage us, that one gift. And I thought, what are the other gifts that he wants to grant this community of faith? Wisdom or knowledge or prophecy or service, hospitality, Administration. What are those gifts? If we just said, God, we, if you are a God who gifts us, if you are a God who brings an anointing to us, sign me up. And whatever gift that you want to give, I'll say yes and amen. Can you imagine if each one of us did that? What would be the gifts that he would grant this congregation. Not a wonderful story. Now, I want to read, uh, just make a few more observations. I want to read the rest of the story. Look at uh, chapter 36 in Exodus. If you still have your Bibles open, we'll pick the, up the story in verse 2. It says, Then Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab, and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability and who was willing to come and do the work. Verse 3, they received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring free will offerings morning after morning. So the skilled, all the skilled workers who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left what they were doing and said this to Moses. The people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. Then Moses gave an order and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more. 
because what they already had was more than enough to do all the work. Isn't that an awesome moment in the people of God? Like, yeah, they were rebellious and the golden calf and all of those things and they were complainy and whiny and there's some, but in this moment, there's this beautiful moment that they weren't giving because they were um, uh, compelled or, or forced to, but they were giving from their heart. There's this neat word that is in verse two. Look at verse two with me again. It says this, Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given the ability and, and who was, what's that word there? Who was willing. Who was willing to come and do the work. God has said he is willing to give good gifts to his children. He's looking for people who are willing to serve him in the ways he gifts and calls. Now, um, there's, we are about to have our volunteer appreciation dinner in June, and we do this thing that we call Five Stones, and we and, and we pick five volunteers that um, have served the congregation. And it's so fun. The staff brought a number of names, and we have way more than five volunteers that we'd really like to say, wow, they, that, that's such a, for a church our size, to have so many committed volunteers, that's so awesome. I'm so appreciative of the willingness of this congregation to serve in different ways. What I would like to do is speak to those of you in particular who are not involved yet, who are not engaged in the ministry of Jesus Christ yet. And I have a few suggestions for you to get started. One great step is simply to seek and to learn, to pray and to ask, God, what are the ways that you've gifted me? Pastor Eric said I have at least one. Would you show me what that at least one or that several gifts are? Again, 1 Corinthians 14.1, Paul says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. He gives us permission to eagerly desire that. He's not saying, wow, that Keith, he's really piggy. I've already given him a number of gifts. He's asking for more, right? He doesn't do that, no. He's looking for those who are saying, God, all that you have for me. Is there, is there more? This is our series, right? We're talking about more. Lord, is there more? So whether you know those gifts or not, that's a good prayer. Lord, I want all that you have for me. I, I want to serve and bring you honor in whatever way that you would stir and direct and guide 
Can you ask that question? In your bulletin, there is a little insert if you pull that out. And we provided a little online survey that you could go to and you could, it's just a, surveys aren't perhaps the best way to discover your gifts. The best way is to be serving and in community. But uh, an online survey can help and give you an idea. And, and, you're, and, and don't take this as gospel truth, right? So it just talk with a friend after you say, wow, I'm, I'm gifted in hospitality. Huh. I, that doesn't make sense. Talk to someone about that, what that looks like and, and how you handle that. You can do that online survey and, and, uh, and figure out and begin, and I encourage you to begin a discovery process of saying, what are the gifts, the spiritual gifts that God has for me? That's one way to start, is to start the journey Ask the Lord, learn those gifts. Maybe he's given you gifts in one way. I've, sometimes we're given a gift and we lived that gift out for the rest of our lives. That's sometimes how spiritual gifts work. Sometimes they're seasonal. I'm convinced. Sometimes he gives us gifts for a moment or for a season. Maybe in this present season in your life, you can ask, Lord, what are the gifts in this moment for me now. I often tell the story I, I, I got to see and, and be used in a, in a physical healing of pancreatic cancer. It was awesome. It was a moment. It was with a neighbor. He wasn't a believing neighbor. He knocked on my door. He just knew I was a pastor. and He asked the question, um, can you pray for me? I said, of course. But then I shared the gospel and he received Christ. I prayed for him. And it was one of those circumstances that the doctors had no explanation. They were, they were telling him to get his life in order and the cancer was gone. It was an awesome moment. I think that was a gift that God granted me for the moment in the moment, the gift of healing. That's not been a gift that I've been able, able to operate in over a long duration. Now, do I do still pray for people to, to be healed? Of course I do. But I, I see a lot of God using other people, stirring gifts in that way. So my, my point is this. In this season, in this moment, I think it's good. God, what, do you, what gifts do you have for me? in this moment in my life, in this season of my life that you're wanting to stir and use, perhaps in a way that you did not anticipate, perhaps in a way that's for a season, it might not be a part of your long-term career or calling, or maybe it is. Maybe that's the discovery of gifts that's directing, but my point is, is, could we ask in this moment, in this season, at this time, God, what are you, what are you wanting to gift? How do you want to use me to bring glory to you? Now, my next step is a little bit different than the step I just shared. I had a good friend that was, uh, she was in a different congregation, but they were entering into spiritual gifts and spiritual discovery. And, and she said to me, a little bit frustrated, she said, Eric, to be honest, in all the discussion about spiritual gifts, we can miss something. 
I said, what's that? Sometimes God isn't calling you to serve based on your gifts. Sometimes he's calling us to serve based on people's needs. Boy, I was really hoping for an amen at that one. That was a... Amen. Thank you, Mike. Um, Let me read that again. Sometimes God isn't calling you to serve based on your gifts. Sometimes he's calling you to serve based on people's needs. Amen. Amen. That was good. I'll give you that one. Sometimes he's just wanting us to get involved. That was... That, that friend of mine, she was about to serve in children's ministries. Did she feel called to children's ministries? No. Did she feel gifted in children's ministries? No. Did she feel like the Lord was telling her, I want you to serve in this moment in the season right now? Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes we can get lost in the God, in this profound, God, what are you doing? How are you gifting me? What am I called in my long-term calling? Sometimes we just need to be really, really simple. Amen. Amen. <laughs> really, really simple and go, what's the need around? What, what are people needing that I simply need to, to step in and get involved and participate in? So the next step I want to suggest is would you start serving somewhere, right? Don't wait for this, you know, stone tablet to fall. God, what do you want? Bam, you have the gift. Just start serving somewhere. Where is their need? How can you at least dip your toe in the water and start getting involved? Paul says as much when he says this. From Romans 12, he says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouragement, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it is leadership, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Paul is just saying, get involved and serve. And I believe he's saying it this way because it's a vital part of the Christian life is to be spilled out for the kingdom of God. And if we are not serving, if we are not being spilled out for the kingdom of God, we are missing out on the fullness that part of the abundance of kingdom life for us. Amen. Amen. It is a fun, it's the, it can be the the fizz on the Pepsi, right? It's the good, it's the carbonation that's there when we get to serve and see that God would actually use us broken and sometimes confused people to do good in this world, to bring healing and restoration, to, to, to meet a need. That is so much, that is the icing on the cake, the part of this kingdom life. Again, not a cesspool, but a spilling out of God's life and love and mercy and kindness. There's one pastor I heard preach a sermon in seminary And I still remember his one point. 
His one point was this. If you have a big need in your life, if you're struggling with a need, find a way to serve other people in the need that you are experiencing. I thought, wow. Wow. Willingness. Is there a willingness here? He wants to... He, he wants us to start pressing in and serving in wherever we see the need. He wants to connect our lives to the bigger ministry of this church. I have another friend who was uh, sharing, this was a while ago, she was taking Days of the Kingdom and she was learning about the kingdom of God. I'll call her Becky. And she's learning about the kingdom of God. And then she had, Becky had another friend that experienced a tremendous tragedy in her life. She uh, was, uh, I, I believe, in her 40s or 50s. She was going back to college. She had a family and she was in college. She came home from one of those college courses. She served her husband dinner. And that night after dinner, when he had gotten up, he fell back down. He had a massive heart attack and died. Tremendous tragedy. And this friend was, who was a believer was talking to Becky, who was a believer. And one night, her friend said to Becky, you know, I don't want to kill myself or anything, but I would be willing to let myself die. Just the, the rawness and the pain was there. Becky was unsure. What, what do you, you say in moments like that? She prayed. She shot up an arrow prayer. And this is what she, she wrote in an email to me. She said to her friend, you know, first she said, I, I understand the feeling. I, I've been in that place of that depth of brokenness and pain. Then she said, if you choose to die, if you decide to leave, who will take over the part of the coming of the kingdom for which only you are responsible for? Her friend looked surprised. She said, I've never thought of it that way. I guess I have some work left to do, don't I? Your friend said, I guess I will just have to walk through this with God. I think the Lord, that part of the, the vitality of service is we find, we connect our lives, that, that, that we look beyond ourselves. This is, this is a countercultural thing. Our culture is so self-focused, is so focused on either us as individuals or simply us as a family or simply us on our children. And, and kingdom life is really about our focus being spread beyond our lives, beyond our immediate, and saying, God, what are you doing in this world? 
And what's that kingdom responsibility that you're gifting me for? Amen? And he's, for whatever crazy reason, he said, I'm going to bring my kingdom in greater and greater measure, and I'm going to use my people as broken as we are, right? Look at your neighbor and go, man, no, I'm just kidding. But isn't that amazing that the perfect God is going to use imperfect people? And he's going to say, I got you. I'm going to teach you on the inside how to live it right how to let go of all the stuff that is not me. I'm going to transform. I'm going to sanctify. I'm going to heal and restore and renew you from the inside out. That, that's what we've been talking about. I'm going to teach you how to live in an intimate relationship with me, intimacy. I'm going to teach you who you truly are, the truest sense of your identity in me. I will teach you all that. And then I'm going to do something more. Then I'm going to fill you with my spirit. And I'm going to anoint you and I'm going to grant you with gifts because I know you can't do it without me. I'm going to fill you, grant you with gifts, and then I'm going to teach you how to spill out my presence and power to the people who are hurting and in need around you. And I'm going to make you a son and daughter of the kingdom of God. We have to change the questions, friends. Not... God, what have you done for me lately? But God, what have I done for you lately? Not what has my church done for me, but what can I do for the ministry that's flowing in this church? Can we change that question? Those questions? If we were to change those questions, what would God do in our midst? Amen? I asked a a member, Letty Pickett, if I could just share a little of her story. She said, yes. Natalie Youngner, you met our director of operations, and uh, she, she is over all the administration of the church, and she was praying for help for administration. I have some sweet skills in administration, and I was going to disciple Natalie. <laughs> But then I, you know, I had too many other things going on, so I said, you, you should just pray. Of course, I'm, I just had to throw that in there. That's just, anyway, so back to the story. <laughs> so Letty was helping with Easter extravaganza, and I'm not exactly sure how the conversation went, but something along the lines, can I help in other times? in the church, and Natalie said, well, what are, what's really are you gifted? And she's like, administration. Natalie started to weep right there. <laughs> no, but it was awesome. I mean, she'd been praying that someone, so Letty comes during the week, and she assists in administrative things and phone things, and then awesome. That's how the church is supposed to work. It's not supposed to be a few doing all the work. It's supposed to be doing many doing all the work. I like this analogy the best, that the Christian faith is a lot like a football game in a stadium. You have a few folks on the field in desperate need of rest, 
and you have thousands of folks in the stadium in desperate need of exercise. (laughs) We should change that dynamic, shouldn't we? We should get on the field and grab the position that God has called us. All right, final thing is, this is super pastry, so maybe we're out of time for purpose, but my final point was start giving from the heart. You see, what happened was the Israelites were giving over and above. The Lord had told them earlier in Exodus, the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to bring me an offering You are to receive the offering for me for everyone whose heart prompts them to give. That's why we don't do pressure tactics or bait and switch or any of those other things in terms of giving. But we pray that God would continue to stir the hearts of all of us to give and to give more. What a beautiful thing it would be is as we pray, as we seek the gifts that God is calling us, that we'd also say, God, not only do I want to give you time and gifts and skill, but from the abundance of wealth, even sacrificially, that I would give towards your work that's happening in this community of faith and around the world. That that would be an overage, a spillage from my heart that I would give. Invite the worship team forward. And uh, we haven't done this for a while. We want to invite the, the prayer team and the elders. And we're going to anoint with oil Uh, during our last song. And really, anointing with oil is a symbol in Scripture. Do you know what it symbolizes? The presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's just saying, and we're asking the prayer team folks, would you pray that I might be filled with the Spirit? You could even pray for gifts of the Spirit. Just going to, close with this song and as we sing would you seek the Lord and say Lord whatever you have for me I want can we pray together Father we love you what an awesome thing it is that you gift your children Lord, help us not to leave gifts unopened. Lord, help us to open all that you have for us. Would you teach us about ministry and life? Would you teach us about service and sacrifice and love?